Hey y'all, welcome, welcome back, back to Crime, Crime Critics and Chaos. Chaos. My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And, and we're, we're your hosts. So clearly, if you can't tell, Shaylin and I are a little stuffy. <laughs> I don't know what's been going around, but everyone's been getting sick lately. And yes. it's been like sinuses and stuff, but bear with us. Bear with <laughs> we're, us still, we're still recording. <laughs> Um, just a reminder, please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook, so join our discussion groups there. We love to hear your thoughts and opinions regarding the cases that we cover. We would also appreciate any reviews that you guys leave us on the platforms you listen to us on, so that way it'll help our podcast get into other feeds of true crime listeners such as you. All right, guys, hot seat time. It's hot seat time. Shaylin, you want to go first? Um, actually, I'll let you go first, because I went first last time. Okay. <laughs> all right, ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what name should your parents have named you? Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> or so what did they so almost funny. name you? I guess my mom named me. Well, tried to name me several different names. <laughs> the first name was Piper. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Actually, you told me that before. Yes, uh, I don't know why she would <laughs> ever think to name me Piper. <laughs> Or what possessed her to think to name me Piper. But that was definitely the first. Uh, I really can't remember the second, but I think that one was definitely the first Piper. She said Piper. And I think she's been sticking by that name ever since. <laughs> so It's funny because Shaylin does not look like a Piper. At all. <laughs> at Did you all. ever ask her how she would spell it? Would it be like P-Y-P-E-R? Or like uh, I think she said P-I-P-E-R. Yeah. yeah. So. Piper, to me, I mean, it's a cute name for babies, I yeah. feel like. But like... You have to suit the name for sure, and I feel like you have to have a like a specific personality <laughs> to, to like fit the name Piper. And I don't fit that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't gonna go for me. So I'm actually glad with Shaylin. Yeah, so. I like Shaylin. That's yes. pretty. <laughs> so Shivani, what was your parents gonna name you? <laughs> so my dad, whenever I was born, he actually wanted to name me Natalie. But oh, that's cute. I know I it's like a that. it's a French name. So my dad, um, he lived in Paris, France for four years, mm-hmm. um, and he was like only eighteen, and he had a girlfriend down there, and her name is Natalie. So obviously he didn't marry this woman. <laughs> he <laughs> married my birth mom, um, and then when they had me, he was like, "Oh, I want to name her Natalie," and that's my so birth cute. mom was like. We are not naming my daughter <laughs> like, based off your ex-girlfriend. We're not doing that. Yeah, that would have been disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> the fact that my dad even thought, like, let me ask. <laughs> I mean, it is a cute name. I love it that is. name. It's very different. I think very it would have suited me, too. And I would have, I, I mean, I don't mind my name, but I just, I have, like, the most basic Indian name in the world. But I feel like <laughs> with Natalie, it would have saved me a lot of, like, like when people pronounce like mispronounce my name, I mm-hmm. think it would have helped in that aspect. But I'm not mad at my name. Yeah, we're, people we're good. call you Shivity. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what else is a good one that they call you? Um, I don't know. I had there was a my neighbor. Um, they they like had like a ranch and they had a lot of kids. And one of the kids that I used to go to school with, he was like a good six or seven years younger than me. And every morning he would see me and he'd be like. Hola, Bonnie. <laughs> and I'm like, Shivani. <laughs> I had to correct him every time, and That's he still funny. never got it. Oh no, it wasn't Bonnie. It was Chobani. Like the Cho yogurt. Bonnie. Yeah, the yogurt. Like, <laughs> hola, Chobani. That's what it was. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, in, in his defense, I mean, it does sound the same. I <laughs> but I definitely like Shivani a lot better. Uh, but the other name was really, really cute, though. Yeah. That would have been cute. All right, so question for you. <laughs> what will be written on my gravestone? Oh. 
This is very odd question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, obviously, would say like your full name and then your birth date and then obviously you know the date that you passed. And then I feel like it'd be like a really good quote that would suit you, okay. having to do with like living your life to the fullest. Okay, I can see that. Okay. Because Shaylin's very much like she she thinks in a very like like a liberal way. She's very black or white. But then she has a lot of moments within her black and white, um, you know, like moments where she's like, you know what? F it. We're going to go do this. Or do. F it. I don't care. This is how I feel right now. And I'm going to stay feeling this way. I do. <laughs> I, have, I have a bad habit of doing that. Mine would be like real basic and simple. I would just want my name <laughs> and my birth date to my passing date. And that's it. No. Because, no, but it's no. because I, I feel like I lived my, I, well, lived like I'm gone already, but <laughs> I feel like I live my life very personal and to myself anyway. So I was like, it shouldn't be any different in death. Like, <laughs> just just let me be for, you know, no attention. I just, I just, just let, just know whose grave it belongs to and I'm good with that. You don't just have know to know anything about me. <laughs> Here lies Shivani. <laughs> I will be the one since, you know, you're my friend. I will be one. Mm-hmm, we got to add something else to Yes, mm-hmm. Shaylin would. She'd be like, no, we're, we're, we're going to make this funky. We're yeah. going to put something on here. I don't like this for my friend. No. <laughs> I will definitely add some more stuff to that. That's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, what is at the top of your bucket list? Oh, whew. And I have a long bucket list. Me too. <laughs> uh, but the top would probably be me going to Egypt. Ooh, I did not know that you wanted to go to Egypt. I want to go to Egypt so bad. What do you want to do in Egypt? I don't. I just want to explore. Like I've always had this infatuation with Egyptian culture, and I always just like, yeah, I have to put this on my bucket list because it's just, it feels so exotic to me in a way, you know. And I love that exotic feeling, and that's why I want to go so bad. Yeah, I never knew that. That's yeah. interesting. Actually, you know, it's funny because when you ask other people like where they want to travel to the most, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Egypt. Yeah, like, that's very like unique for sure yeah i definitely want to travel to egypt oh well maybe i can come with you because yes, i've never go, thought about that i was just going to say something really basic like zip lining because i always <laughs> want to do zip lining and that's baby steps right because my actual goal is to like go skydiving but baby steps so we're going to start with zip lining first yeah and we're we'll going to start with zip lining we're going to work our I'm way i'm actually really? uh, yeah so that's not on my bucket list but i don't have i'll a... do it for you okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't have like a fear of heights or anything but i have a fear of falling oh <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> like, when, when I go to Six Flags and I sit, like, in roller coasters, have you heard that Kevin Hart segment where he's, like, talking about how he's in Japan? Girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how he didn't hear no click? That's, yes. That's me. Because, like, back then I was so tiny. I was, like, under 100 pounds. And I remember going to Six Flags with my friends and I was like, I'm going to fall off. Like, I'm just going to, like, fall off a roller coaster because oh, of how no. tiny I am. Well, my question for you, Shivani. If I ever had a cellmate, what would they name me? <laughs> if you had a cellmate? Uh, First of all, I'll never be in jail. <laughs> should be should be sassy Shaylin. <laughs> Shaylin is so sassy. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know what my cell name would be. I really, because I don't ever see myself going to prison. So we wouldn't even be uh, take it that far. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I probably... I, I wouldn't last him in a day. So. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I think your cellmate name would be. I don't even know. I'd be like the most basic, like <laughs> most basic name ever. I wouldn't even. They call what your me that basic B. Be. Like that's probably what the other girls in the cell would call me because they're like, look at this little girl coming in here, <laughs> privileged at <and> all. Privileged. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
And the first thing they're going to ask me is, how the hell did your ass end up in here? Oh, I know. Hot society. <laughs> hot society? High society. Oh, society. <laughs> they will call you hot society. <laughs> I'll be like, ew, I have to share this toilet with people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, your have, name. Like, curtains or anything to like disclose privacy? Like, um, do you have a curtain? <laughs> like, no, ma'am, we don't have that. Uh, do we have some shoes, better shoes than this? Because I can't walk in these. This floor is dirty. <laughs> Hi, society, Shivani. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'm I'm not horrible, but I will say I'm very high maintenance. I I will. That that is. I will admit that about myself. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that because I'm the same way. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, Shaylin, um, what is your go-to snack? Oh, girl. And believe it or not, I'm really not a a snack type of person. I really don't, like, snack on things very often. But if I had a moment where I just really just like, oh, my God, I need something to snack on, it would probably be, like, pickles. Oh, you do like pickles. Yeah. I do, do. I like love pickles. pickles. Yeah, she she's <laughs> we've Shaylin's finished like a good jar of pickles before. So <laughs> your jar of pickles, yes. <laughs> While recording, <laughs> that was so sweet of you <laughs> to share your jar of pickles with me. I I mean, I'm like when it comes to pickles for me, I have to like I have to be in the mood to eat them, which is mm-hmm. not all the time. So I was like, they were waiting for you. They had Shaylin's name all over that. They sure bottle. did, and I ate all of them, <laughs> every single last one of them. They were awesome. <laughs> um, my favorite snack. I don't know. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You don't really eat snacks either. Yeah. Like, I'm not a, really a snack type of person. I don't go to the store and buy snacks. Like, I don't do that. Yeah. I'm just going to say hot fries because that's my favorite chips. So, that's all I can think You do. Of. Yeah. The last few times I came over here, you did have a bag of hot, hot chips. Hot fries, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I can say that. You like hot, hot chips. Hot fries. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. Your turn. What do I exaggerate about the most? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're not really a person who exaggerates on Girl. anything. You're really, like, you're really real. Um, I do a lot of exaggerating, so. I don't know. Like, the only thing I can think of is, like, like work situations. But yeah, I'm possibly. with you on that one, so I can't even, like, yeah. I can't even, like, dis- Regard it, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I completely feel your frustration there. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It would definitely be work with ladies. So yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah. Because we talk about that a lot on the side. So, yeah, we do. Um, it will definitely, definitely be work related. <laughs> so, we would, I don't know what you exaggerate about. I exaggerate that, about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think I do. I like. I you think, overthink a lot too. I do, and, we, so. and so do you, and that's why we exaggerate over a lot over um, every topic, but. Um, but I think you and I are very fair. Yeah. So, like, if we know that we're kind of, like, complaining about something that, you know, doesn't really need that much attention, then mm-hmm. we'll catch ourselves. But for the right. most part, like, if we're complaining about anything, we're, it's usually because it's, it's an actual, like, it's something that matters. Right. And it shouldn't, Absolutely. you know. I agree. Yeah. I think we agree on that. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get into our case for today because I have a case for you guys. I'm ready. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to quickly state the sources for this case. Um, It is heraldbanner.com, findagrave.com, and listennotes.com. So listennotes.com, I'm not sure if it's like what kind of site it was exactly, but listennotes.com basically there was like a a clip Mm -hmm. of this case that I'm covering that two men basically covered. Um, It was only a good like 20 minute clip, Mm -hmm. but it gave me some insight into the case. So I definitely use that as a source as well. Okay. 
Um, but I'm super eager to share today's case with you today. Would you like to know why? So today's case is actually our very first case suggestion sent in by one of our listeners who happens to also be a friend of mine. Yeah, so it was sent in by Alex, actually. Uh, we recently gave her our last shout out not long ago um, in one of our episodes, and she reached out to me last week and wanted to see if we can take case suggestions, which of course is super encouraged. Um, she actually wanted me to look into a specific case where one of the victims was a good friend of her dad's. Wow. Yeah, so I immediately started researching this case um, since it happened in mine and Alex's hometown of Greenville, Texas. Um, I briefly remember seeing billboards regarding this case around that time, but I honestly never looked into the case. Um, it happened back in 2006, so I was pretty young at the time anyway. Yeah, sixth grade around. Six, yeah, yeah. Um, but this case may not throw you, throw you for a loop like most of our cases do, okay. um, but it may trigger your frustration. <laughs> As usual. Yeah, because in this case, we all think we know who did it, but the only thing missing is the proof. So are you ready to get into this case? I am always ready to get into the cases. All right, partners in crime, grab your wine as we get into some crime. We have the original Stella today that Shaylin and I are drinking. Yep. Uh, we decided to keep it very original today. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Cheers. Cheers. On May 24th, 2006, started off as any other day in the Cora Maccabee household. She was in the middle of building her own home on Private County Road 2174, just off the Farm to Market 1903, south of Greenville, Texas. And Cora was almost done building it. So she was building her own home. Girl, I would love to do that one day. Me too. I, I will never be able to, though. No. Like, my hands do not work that way. <laughs> and I can barely put a nail in a wall. So Wow. <laughs> I will never be able to do that. But good for her. Good like, for as her. a woman, to build your own home, like, that's... That's amazing. That's amazing for sure. Building her own, own home was something she had always talked about doing, but never seemed to get around to it until a year after her divorce when she had the perfect opportunity to do so. Mm. So she was divorced. Okay. So Cora's sister, Terry, owned a big piece of land and offered Cora a part of the land to build her home. It's important to note that Terry also had a home of her own on the same piece of land, but since the land was so big, she went ahead and lended Cora a few acres to build her dream home. That's, that's nice of her. Exactly. After all, they were sisters, and that's of what course. sisters are for. Absolutely. So, side note to my sister, if she's listening, sharing is caring, homie. <laughs> so rem Definitely. Remember that your land is my land, and my land is your land. I hope you're listening too, sister. <laughs> So the night of May 24th, 2006, Cora decided to host a family dinner in her almost fully new-built home. Cora had five kids, and although we're unsure if any of her kids made it to Cora's dinner or not, I can tell you for sure that Cora's ex-husband, Dwayne, definitely did. Mm. So were they still in contact? It sounds like they were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were Nothing still in contact. wrong with that. Yeah, no, I mean, they all. shared five kids. And yeah, I, definitely. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, like, what kind of relationship they had as far as why they, you know, had a good relationship and what kind of made them have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. But he was obviously coming to her home, so. It seemed like they had a pretty good relationship. And they'll get, that's nothing wrong with that, you know. Right. Especially you have all those kids, mm -hmm. you know, together. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so you see, Dwayne had still not gone over Cora, though, and he was hoping he could make some changes to his lifestyle to win Cora back over so that they can resume their relationship, even though Dwayne himself was the one who initiated the divorce in the first place. Mm. Wow. I mean, it happens. You know, sometimes yeah. you go through, like, a crisis, you know, in life, and you think that you want something or you don't want something, and then you realize later on what you're missing out on, and then you kind of yeah. retract. Definitely happens a lot. Yep. However, little did Dwayne know that Cora's boyfriend, Brandon Howell, who was only 29 years old, was also invited to this dinner. 
Okay. Is there like a problem with that or? Um, so he didn't realize that she was dating already. This is the first time that he met Brandon. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, he's 29 years old. And keep in mind that Cora was 42 years old, which means Cora and Brandon basically had an age difference of 13 years. Now, to me, age is nothing but a number, especially in my household, because my stepmom and my dad are 15 years apart, and then me and my stepmom are 15 years apart, and then me and my half-sister are 13 years apart. So we have, like, AT&T bars, like, going through my household. <laughs> Not AT&T bars. <laughs> so I basically grew up in an environment where I learned that age difference is not a reflection of, like, true love and commitment, and I believe that Cora and Brandon had a similar understanding. Yeah, of course, at, if you're at that age to right. do that, for And sure. it's not even that bad of an age. Yeah, it's honestly. really not. I've seen couples like that um, with way larger, you know, age differences that make it work perfectly fine. Right. So, um, but, yeah, teach us all. <laughs> so Cora met Brandon because Brandon owned a landscaping service, and Cora had hired Brandon to cut the grass at the restaurant diner that she owned. He, yeah, so the two met, and they noticed that their chemistry sparked instantly, and they soon began to see more of each other, and before long, the pair started dating. Mm, okay. So that's how they met. So when Dwayne was introduced to Brandon three months later by Cora at this dinner um, on her home, of course, on May 24th, Dwayne was not happy in any kind of way. Yeah, I figured that sounds like is that a problem? Yeah, because, I mean, I think it's, you know, the fact that he still had feelings for her, his ex-wife, and... He was coming to this dinner to hopefully, you know, rekindle, rekindle. And, you know, he meets Brandon and he's like, who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, but if you're trying to rekindle, why did you divorce me in the first place? Right. But that's what I was saying. Like, I think it's more of like, you know, he's realizing that he made a mistake. Mm. Um, but I don't think he was expecting her to move on so quickly. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, sir, but you just cannot have that high of an expectation in those type of situations. <laughs> right. So yeah, he had no idea that Cora had begun dating and was pretty angry and upset by it. Dwayne, who had a decent amount of alcohol in his system from dinner, left Cora's home around 5 to 6 p.m. that night, which to me, that is a super early dinner. Yeah, yeah, that is an early dinner. So the dinner was like, sounds like it was like, like 2 p.m. or... <laughs> <laughs> like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he left by 5 or 6, I'm assuming they ate around like 4, which to me, I'm like... That is super early. Like, I don't even have dinner. Like, I'm, I eat dinner really late. Like, sometimes I, I eat at midnight because I don't have a good, like, schedule when it comes to, like, my eating. Uh, I have a horrible appetite. Like, I barely have an appetite. <laughs> you don't So, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but I know, like, even normal, like, my family, I think they have dinner, I want to say, around, like, 7 or 8. Like, like a normal yeah, amount of time. Yeah, that's normal. You know? Yeah, but that was, was it like on like a Sunday or a week? It was a weekday. I looked it up actually. I'm glad that you asked. It was a Wednesday. Oh yeah, that's early. Yeah, <laughs> that's really early. Wow. So a few hours later, Brandon and Cora got ready for bed as Brandon decided he was going to spend the night. Okay. I mean, it is a boy, Brandon. So. Yeah. Uh, the two of them were fast asleep in their bed no later than about 11 p.m. Now, what happened after 11 p.m. still remains sort of a mystery. You see, like I said, Cora owned a little breakfast lunch diner of her own called Cora's Cafe, which was located near Cash, Texas. And every morning, she basically got up super early to prepare in time for the big crowd to come in. Hmm. However, Cora never made it in that morning. Family members and other co-workers who helped with the diner all became worried when Cora never showed the board that morning on May 25th, 2006. So Cora's sister, Terry, decided to go in and check on her. After all, they lived on the same piece of land. Mm -hmm really close by each other so she was like let me just go check on her and see what's going on right um upon the welfare check to cora's new home terry discovered such a gruesome discovery mm. 
Both Brandon and Cora had been shot to death in Cora's bedroom while sleeping. Oh, my God. In the um, bedroom? In the bedroom. And just a disclosure, like, I don't know really, like, what our age frame are as far as our listeners, but I am going to kind of get into some really, like, gory details. To me, it's not super gory, but, again, I'm not sure what our age range is when it comes to our listeners. So if you do kind of, you know, feel uncomfortable with, with hearing details like that, then I do suggest that you skip over a good five minutes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. But Cora was shot twice and Brandon once with a 12-gauge. Now, what surprises me is that they, that there were no shell casings found at the scene, which means whoever committed the crime took the casings with them, which is odd because you rarely see or hear of killers sticking around long enough to look for these casings right. and then take them, which means that the killer was pretty confident that no one was around to have either heard or seen anything because obviously he stayed that long to collect those casings. Wow. He had that premeditated for sure. Oh, for sure. Like, and I'm like, because... I've never, to as much of a crime junkie I am, out of all the cases I've ever heard of, I don't think I've heard of a single case where a killer sticks around long enough to find the casings. Like, when you shoot somebody, these casings go flying. Right, everywhere. Like, it could be anywhere. And you stuck around long enough to find these casings to take it with you? That's crazy. That is a, a psychopath. That's, that's... Yeah, that's psychopathic Definitely, behavior. like... I mean, he was... He, he was smart, or, or I keep saying he, like, you know, it's a he, but whoever did it mm-hmm. um, is obviously super smart. Like, they knew, like, this ga- this gun is going to be traced back, and I'm going to go and collect these. I need to find these casings. Right. So that was that part stuck out to me a little bit. Um, Brandon was found in the bed, and you can tell that he had not been able to move much. However, he did have his cell phone grasped really tightly in his hand, probably from attempting to dial 911 for help. Whereas Cora had somehow managed to crawl to the end of the bed, dragging the comforter with her. Wow. Cora was said to have been shot on, at close range, which to me means that the killer had to have been at the foot of the bed when he came in. Because she was like she had crawled to like the foot of the bed, mm-hmm. and she was the only one that was shot in close range. Whereas Brandon, which was like kind of closer to the head of the bed, like where he was sleeping originally, okay. he was shot right then and there. So I think, like, Cora probably woke up a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and she noticed, she probably recognized who it was, to be honest, because she started kind of crawling to the front. Right. To kind of probably, you know, plead for her life. Um, and that's why she was shot in close range. Yeah, I don't get the vibe that this was somebody, this was a stranger. This yeah. This is definitely not a stranger. Yep, and I was going to get into that, because, like I said, Cora was said to have been shot at close range, which to me means that the killer had to have been at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm when he came in and then investigators also believe that Cora must have been pleading with the killer using her hands since the first shot blew off her fingers Ooh, before the wow. killer fired a second shot at her personal very very personal. personal that's crazy like imagine someone like fighting for their life you know holding their hands up to their face because they don't want to get shot and you shoot them anyway and you blow their fingers off like what kind of hatred is that that's, that's on another level of hatred there were also said to be pellet holes on this outside of the house where the bullets hit the wall from the inside. So, yeah. And I mean, she was still building her home. So, you know, I guess whenever the killer shot from the inside, he must have, like, the bullets must have, like, bounced off a wall. Right. And it created, like, a pellet, pellet hole. Okay. Uh, there were no signs of forced entry. Now, even though Cora was still in the process of finishing up the home, she still had locks on all of her doors that only four people had access to. Mm. One being herself, of course. Mm-hmm. Two being her sister Terry, since she lived nearby and she shared the land with Cora. Mm-hmm. 
three being her daughter, and the last being her ex-husband, Dwayne. I knew it. I I felt it coming. Shaylin, I feel like you and I need a day where we just go and treat ourselves. I agree. So what do you have in mind, though? I was thinking that we can go get our makeup done. Okay. And I also really badly need to do my eyebrows. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking we can do that. But I also want to take a road trip somewhere. So maybe we can take a road trip somewhere and then get our eyebrows and makeup done. I'm glad you said that because I really, truly want to go to Houston to visit Tia. (gasps) Tia Edwards? Yes, ma'am. So I think we should go ahead and just take that trip to Houston. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what service you want done? I actually want to book her date night glam. Really? Yes, I I love bits. I was actually looking into that. I think we should do the same thing. So let's go ahead and get her booked. Let's book it, girl. If you guys want to know a little bit more about her services, you guys can find her on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is everythingbrows underscore beauty. So go ahead and go visit her and check out her page and see what she has to offer. Go do it. Upon the autopsy of the two bodies, it was learned that the murder occurred approximately after 11 to 11.30 that night. Now, whoever committed the crime did it fast and very efficiently, which helped me narrow down suspects, well not me, but helped investigators, Mm -hmm. (laughs) narrow down suspects pretty early in the case. And I say investigators, but I feel like even us as the public kind of narrowed down suspects in our own head as well. Exactly. Now, Cora did not seem to have any enemies nor did she live in a bad neighborhood. So investigators believe that the killer had to be someone close. Absolutely. Which we already kind of figured because right. obviously, you know, she crawled to the foot of the bed pleading for her life. She had to have known this person, yeah. right? Uh, Cora's children were not home that night. Three of them were older and were living elsewhere, whereas Cora's two youngest, who happened to be twins, were staying with her sister Terry that night and therefore no one heard anything or saw anything. Wow. Not even Terry. That's heartbreaking. No gunshots or nothing. Nothing. No one heard anything. And I mean, that makes sense. And I'm sure the killer knew that no one was going to hear anything because he, unless he used a silencer, right? Right. But like, he comes in and sticks around long enough to find these shell casings. I'm so like lost in the idea that that this killer like spent so much time. I mean, think about it. Like, I'm just thinking about my own room, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I have so much furniture in my room. Like, if somebody were to come and shoot me and they needed to find the shell casing, like, they would have to move my nightstands, my, like, dresser, like, right. my mirrors, like, all these things that are in the way. And shell casings are so small, it could be exactly. anywhere. And just think about it. Even if he didn't shoot them that many times, you have a harder time finding, like, two or three shell cases because you just don't know where, where they have yeah. gone across it, the room. Exactly. And there was three altogether. Like, there were three shots, one to Brandon, two three to Cora. So you, he had to have been, like, looking for three specific you know, and that's harder to find than like multiple, like mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12. You can find those, but two or three or whatever, yeah. that's really hard to find. So he was really looking, he or she, whoever the perpetrator was, was really looking for those cases. Exactly. Like, so Texas Rangers came in and did a reconstruction using ballistic evidence, but obviously, you know, nothing came up. Now, this case does not have much DNA evidence since majority of the suspects were said to have been in the home at one point in time or another. So investigators were looking for more testimonial evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, Terry had been in the home. Dwayne had been in the home. You know, other people that were persons of interest or suspects had been in the home. So mm-hmm. their fingerprints being in the home is not really out of the ordinary. No, not at all. Um, and obviously because the investigators think that it was someone close, 
if it was someone close, all of these people had to have been in the home at one point in time. Right. On a personal level, not obviously there to harm Cora and Brandon. Yeah. Now, no life insurance seems to have played a part in the murder, which is usually one of the first reasons murder happens within a marriage or divorce. So this was never a motive for Dwayne. However, investigators do believe that anger and jealousy did play a part if Dwayne is the killer. However, no evidence has came to light to prove this theory. Mm. That is kind of hard to prove in certain cases. Yeah. I mean, life insurance is really easy to prove in a way because, like, you know, obviously, like, whoever is doing the killing, mm-hmm. they're going to raise the life insurance yep. like a month or so before they do the deed and then they do it and then they get their life insurance immediately, right? Right. And then they behave a specific type of way too after the murder. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives it away. But like jealousy and anger is like hard to prove, yeah, it, right? Yeah, in certain cases it's very hard. Um, you can't just, just oh, she, he, was, he or she was jealous so they just went into a fit of rage. It's just one of those things where you can't just assume that person whoever the perpetrator was, they just did that in a jealous fit of rage. Right. You can't just assume that. Yeah. And some people, like, could have it in them to do it, you know, like, like in a spur of the moment kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then some people, you could kind of see, like, oh, they're already, like, an angry type of person on a normal basis. So it makes more sense, right? Exactly. But the people who have, like, spur of the moment rages, like, you'll never believe that it was them. Um, for example, like me, just I'm just because I know myself well, right? Obviously, because I'm myself. <laughs> um, but I don't. Th- I do get frustrated really easily. But I don't think that anybody would believe that I was the kind of person who was super angry enough to like go and do something like this. Right. But because I get these flashes of frustration, and it could, like, I know myself, and I know how frustrated I could get. Mm-hmm. I could see myself getting that angry. Not that I would ever do that because I have morals. Um, but I'm just saying, like, because of the amount of anger I know I can I can accumulate, mm-hmm. I can see myself being that angry. Yeah. You know? So Anybody it's, could, it's just yeah. hard to decipher and, and kind of... That's why it's not the type of evidence that court usually takes. You know? Yeah. Like, you can't really just, you know, assume anything like that. Yeah, you that's have why to that have, is hard. You know, in the minds of us, we'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, he did it because he was, you know, he was jealous. He was mad because she, she had moved on, got another boyfriend. Exactly. But there's but no hardcore evidence. You yeah. can't do that. So that's yeah, you what have we were to saying. have some sort of like hardcore proof evidence mm-hmm. that proved that he was there and did it. But you can't really just assume based off of someone's emotions. Right. Now let's go back to these shell casings. I know I, I'm not letting go of it. No, me neither. <laughs> but just to give you guys a little bit more details, I believe that the gun used in the murder had to belong to the killer themselves. Okay. Um, and I kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier about how, you know, obviously that's probably the only reason why he stayed long enough to collect these casings because mm-hmm. he was using his own gun. Or right. she, right, he or she. Now, usually killers do not use guns registered to them um, so that there's no link from the killer to the gun using ballistic evidence. But since the casings were picked up, I do believe that it was because the killer knew that he was using his own gun and that it could be, you know, traced back to him. Right. Um, usually, I feel like when killers use guns, they use, you know, they don't use their own gun no. because they don't want to get caught, right? Mm-hmm. And no one's going to stick around long enough to find these, like, shell casings, so yeah. they're obviously going to use a stolen gun or somebody else's gun or whatever. Right. Investigators did say that Dwayne, of course, ex-husband, did own multiple shotguns. However, due to no casings found at the scene, the bullets were never traced back to any of Dwayne's guns. Then that makes sense why he took them, if it was him. Exactly. <laughs> and just a, I just want to throw that out there. I know that Shavani and I keep saying he. Honestly, I strongly believe it's a man. 
I, do I, I think it's a male perpetrator. So, you know, if you have other thoughts, okay, you know, of course, you can definitely think how you want to think. But, you know, I just want to throw that out there because I know that people are going to say, why well, they keep saying he, he, he. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm trying to catch myself by, like, saying he or she, right? <laughs> um, but I think we all kind of have an idea of who we think it is. But right. like I said, there's no hardcore evidence to prove that. Now, the case still remains unsolved today. And although Dwayne seems like a liable suspect for most of the public and investigators, all evidence collected has been circumstantial, which we all know is not strong enough evidence to yep, take to court. Not at all. Now, we have a lot of information on Dwayne, right? Like, we know that he owned guns, and we know that he, you know, still had feelings for Cora. We know all this, right? Right. But what I was, interesting, or what I was interested to find out more on and research more on was Cora's sister, Terry, right? Um, but I couldn't find anything. Like, there was very, there wasn't much information on Terry. Right. I don't know how their relationship was exactly. I just assumed that it must have been a good relationship because she had offered Cora some of her land to build right. a home on right so I'm like they had to have been getting along now if something happened amidst that I don't know um but I couldn't find much information on their relationship you know or you know yeah or Terry in general but I wanted to kind of you know kind of take the focus off of Dwayne just for a little bit since there wasn't anything hardcore on his part right and I wanted to see if there was other suspects that we could have looked at but unfortunately because this murder happened in a small town um, of Greenville Texas there wasn't much you know, um, sources that kind of stated more than what I've already told you guys. So there wasn't much on Terry or any other suspects, just Dwayne. And I think it's because everybody has pretty much deciphered that Dwayne had something to do with it. I mean, yeah, to an extent, I get it because the motive fits. He was invited to this dinner, didn't know that she was dating. Apparently, he was trying to rekindle the marriage. So by him going to the dinner and seeing that he well, she, excuse me, was with another guy. That could have been a motive for him to get upset. Um, so he did take it upon himself to do this. If he actually did commit this crime, like I said, it, it is easy for people like us to look at it like, oh, yeah, he did it because he was jealous. But we also have to look at other things. We have to look outside the box on other right. suspects and other perpetrators who could have possibly had a motive to kill both of them because honestly we don't even know if brandon had a Enemy. situation exactly yeah. no you're right and and that's why i don't want this episode to be where we're doing the same thing the public is which is assuming that Dwayne is the perpetrator because we i mean as much as that makes sense you know it we don't have evidence so if there's no evidence, we need to start looking, like you said, outside of the box and kind of consider other suspects, mm-hmm. right? But because we don't have much information on anybody else, we don't, we can't focus on that. And so, but you're right. It could be, I mean, we know that Cora didn't have any, any enemies, but did Brandon maybe have enemies? Or, you know, maybe there was any some kind of rivalry that we didn't know about? Or, you know, it could yeah. be so many other factors that could have played into this um, that we don't know about. So I wanted right. to, like, kind of bring this case out there to show that you know there could be other perspectives exactly. um, into this case rather than just Dwayne's I really truly honestly I don't want to debunk the fact that she didn't have enemies because you never know yeah this was just based off of what they yeah. heard right from like her close friends and family members that she didn't have any enemies well just because there are no known enemies that we know of doesn't mean that she did not have any enemies right so that's why I'm saying I don't want to quickly debunk that because we walk around here every day not knowing who don't like us. Exactly. Like, you could have enemies that you didn't even know you had. Exactly. So, I, I agree with that one. But or the Brandon situation, 
I think they need to look a little bit more into his dynamic because, again, we don't know if he had a situation with someone, one of his exes, that where they were jealous at the fact that him and Cora were dating. You know, we can't just put our focus on Dwayne, even though, yeah, he it does match. You know, in our heads, it does match the whole situation of him being jealous and could have possibly murdered them because he was jealous at the fact that she was dating another guy. I think we need to just have an open open mind right other possibilities because that's how quickly we miss information and that's how the case goes cold mm-hmm. because we're because so focused on one thing theory right i agree you like investigators do that a lot i feel like they stick to a specific theory and then they're at that point once they have like who they think did it in their head all they have to do is prove it and that's right. what they stick to rather than actually trying to find out the truth now speaking of brandon um because Alex told me that her dad was a good friend of Brandon's, I wanted to kind of personalize that story a little bit more okay. than normal today and tell you guys a little bit more about Brandon since the majority of our case had been covered on Cora. Okay. So Brandon graduated from Greenville High School in 1995, which is the same high school that I graduated from, and I was also born in 1995. Yep. So Brandon then went on to attend Texas A&M University Commerce Firefighter School. However, he was said to have gotten injured during training and therefore could not have possibly been taking, or could have been possibly taking some time off and started his own lawn care business. And his lawn care business was called Get Her Done. I like that. It was cute, yeah. I like um, I don't know if he had plans to go back to firefighting school after he kind of, like, you know, recovered from his injury, mm-hmm. um, but he, he did want to be a firefighter. Um, Brandon loved riding his motorcycle, fishing, and cooking. Brandon also had four children, and he was said to have loved them very much and was incredibly proud of them. His obituary did mention his wife, or his ex-wife, rather. I don't know, you know, if they were in good terms or not, but if they included her in the obituary, I don't think that they were on bad terms. Right. And obviously they shared four children, and I think they were young. I think the children were kind of young. He was only 29, right? So he had yeah, to have been young. pretty young. And the children definitely would have, have been pretty young. Yeah. Um. So because of, obviously, because of the children, I'm sure that him and his wife also kind of um, had to figure out a way to communicate and deal with each other and for the sake of their kids yeah so I did some research on Dwayne as well and learned that although I am unsure if he ever got remarried or had any more children I am sure that he is now over 60 years old and he resides in Quinlan Texas which is about 30 minutes from Greenville okay he has not given any interviews regarding the death of his ex-wife and her new boyfriend so he pretty much lives like a quiet life to himself I mean I don't necessarily say that I blame him for that especially of him being accused of murdering them and if he really didn't I would probably want to live under the grid too right because I'm being accused of something that I didn't do right so that's why I don't think I blame him for living under the grid and being having a quiet life I probably would too yeah and I wonder because like you know in the beginning of the story I did say that this was like you know a big piece of land and there wasn't much houses around that area because it was a private land mm-hmm. um which is explains exactly why no one heard anything right but right. I'm, I'm thinking like i wonder how many people actually knew that the two lived there you know right um so i don't know i don't know if anyone from brandon's side would have known to like go to this specific home and yeah. you know go deep inside this specific road <laughs> to find them and how they would get in if there was no signs of forced entry so just those kinds of things is kind of what led me to believe that you know Dwayne probably had something to do with it but like you said yeah. there's nothing it's unfortunately one of the rules here. Well, I wouldn't say unfortunately. I actually do agree with this with this law. But you know, you are innocent until proven guilty. You are so um, absolutely. 
you are. There's no, there's no evidence, so it is what it is. Uh, but hopefully, like we can get this case opened, and more than anything, even if you open this case, like I said, there's no evidence because fingerprints and things like that are normal, right? Um, no ballistic evidence. So at this point, the only thing that we can kind of use to help convict the killer would be if the killer himself kind of, you know. Confess to someone that he was close to, and then that person came forward, which happens, right? It like does especially a lot. after this long, like people have guilty consciences, uh, consciences. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, and you know they they can't keep a secret like that in them for too long, and I'm sure they share that with somebody. So somebody out there has to know something. And, Absolutely, you know, if somebody just comes forward, that could help a lot in this case. It will. Well, there you have it. That is the case of Cora McAbee and Brandon Howell. I wanted to go ahead and thank Alex for sending this case suggestion in. Also, um, a quick side note, I know Alex just got married recently in Vegas, thanks to Facebook. Congrats! So, huge congratulations to her. Please keep sending us more suggestions, and Shailen and I want to encourage other listeners to also reach out and give us more suggestions as well. We love hearing from everyone and want to cover the stories that mean so much to you. So, please reach out via any social media platforms, and we will be happy to listen to your recommendations. Absolutely. With that being said, please keep supporting us and tell your friends, share, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or YouTube. This will qualify you for a shout-out, even though we didn't do one today. But I'm (laughs) going to give another shout-out again to Alex because she suggested this case. But when you subscribe and follow, you will get an immediate notification of our latest episode release. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we love your support. We couldn't do this without you guys, so we'll see you next episode. We'll see you. Goodbye. Bye.